0: How many of you know we serve a good God, amen? A God whose mercies are new every morning and whose loving kindness endures from generation to generation. I don't know about you, but I needed some new mercy this morning, amen? I needed some more grace this morning because I'm not a perfect creature, Uh, but we serve a perfect God, amen? And He is perfect in goodness and perfect in grace. It's so good to see you in God's house this evening. Uh, the title of my message tonight is Scriptural M&Ms, which is Memorizing and Meditating. And before I get going on that, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and uh, just ask Him to anoint me and to anoint you as well. Amen. Father God, we just thank you that you are good. Not only are you good, you are great, and not only are you great, you're gracious, and every other word that we could think of, Father God, to describe how good you are. We thank you, Father God, Uh, Father, that when we are faithless, you remain faithful, and Father God, that when we didn't deserve grace, you gave it to us anyway. It's why we're here tonight, Father. We love you because you first loved us, because you demonstrated your love towards us, and while we were still sinners, you died for us, God, and we praise you for that. And God, we just need your anointing tonight to be upon me, to be upon your word, to be in this house and upon your people. I pray, God, that you would uh, just bless our time together. Cause it to be fruitful, Father God. Pray that you would come against every hindrance, every distraction. God, all the disappointments and discouragements of this week, God. And I pray that you would revive our spirits. I pray, God, that you would lift us up above the difficulties of this week, God, because you are good and worthy to be praised. So, God, no matter what the devil has brought against us this week, we're here, Father God, because we chose to be at your feet and chose the better portion. So I pray, God, that you would make that time together fruitful, that you would be glorified and lifted up tonight in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Tonight, I want to finish up on the five methods of scriptural intake that I've told you should be a part of every one of our Christian lives. and. I cannot stress enough how important the Word of God is uh, in our personal pursuit of godliness or in our uh, attempt to attain Christ-likeness. I cannot stress enough how important the Word of God is in developing the character of Christ in our lives or the, the nature of God in our lives. Because the truth is, without the Word of God, we cannot be like Jesus Christ. Without the Word of God, we cannot expect to be a reflection of the kingdom of God. And we certainly can't expect to cultivate the character of Christ in our lives. I want us to understand that without the bread of life, church, we cannot expect... To be spiritually fit. I know I've said some of this. I know I'm going to touch again because I'm closing out these five methods of scriptural intake. And I know I'm going to repeat or refresh us on some of that. But I'm doing it on purpose, church. It's so that when you leave here today, you will remember all of what we have taught over the last several weeks. That you will remember the five methods of scriptural intake and what it means uh, in your life. And that's really what tonight's... uh, M&M's are all about, about memorizing and meditating, and my goal is that after we've done, you have the ability to do that, that you've memorized some of what we've learned and that you are able to meditate on it as we go. I want us to remember that from the beginning we have learned, uh, according to the words of Paul, that bodily exercise, bodily fitness uh, profits us some. There's some benefit to it, but he also tells Timothy that, that godliness or the practice of godliness has a value in all things. And, and the, the reality is, I want, us to, I want us to attain the fullness of that value. I want us to understand completely the value of this thing called godliness and, and Christ-likeness in our lives. Uh, but we cannot do that without having the Word of God at the foundation of our faith. What we have to understand is that this is the road map to godliness. This is the road map to Christ likeness. This is the road map to the will of God and the, the character of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God for every single one of our lives. And we have to use it and have to have it part of life each and every day. Not just during this, this five week or four week study that I've presented to you, but each and every day of our lives. I don't want to belabor where we've been over the last several weeks or waste any of the time that we have, but I do want to refresh you as to what we've learned so far concerning these five methods so that you can remember them, hold on to them, and use them in your own personal life. The first method of scriptural intake you should know by now is hearing the Word of God because faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God is the building block to our faith. It is because we heard the Word of God that today we are serving God. It's because somewhere, someplace, sometime, someone spoke the Word of God, and we heard the Word of God, and we responded to the Word of God. And because of the hearing, we are saved today. It's because someone took the time to speak the truth of God's Word into our life, and now that truth has set us free. I don't know about you, church, but I'm glad that I'm free from the lie. I'm glad that I'm free from condemnation. I'm glad that I'm free from the sin of this world. I'm, I'm glad that I'm free from the father of lies because someone spoke the truth into my life, and I heard it, and I received it. So the first step... to to godliness or Christ-likeness is hearing the Word of God. The second method of scriptural intake, which is just as important. And this is a growing process, remember. Hearing is the beginning. It's a growing process. Every step takes us farther and deeper into the into the, the will of God and becomes a more a personal responsibility to each and every one of us. So they, they actually, these disciplines grow a little more difficult as we go along. But when we apply them, we become like Christ. So the second is, is taking, the second method of taking in the Word of God is reading it. Making it our daily bread. Making it part of our regular spiritual diet or our regular spiritual routine. Reading the Word of God exposes us to the written Word of God, church, and the entirety of the Word of God. I said it before, I say it again, I won't spend a lot of time. I can't preach the whole gospel to you in a week or in a year, but you can read it. You can read the entire Word of God by by opening up its pages and just reading it, church. So understand, reading the Word of God exposes us also to the culture of the kingdom. It exposes us to the ways of God, to the nature of God, the character of God, the will of God. When you put all of those things together, it becomes the culture of the kingdom. God calls His, His dwelling place and His family a kingdom. And there are kingdom principles we must learn, and we learn those by reading the Word of God. Remember, church, the children of Israel were in bondage for so long that when they came out of bondage, someone had to teach them the supernatural ways of royalty because they didn't know how to live like royalty. They didn't know how to live like the children of God. They really didn't know how to think, talk, act, behave like the children of God. And it's why they had to learn over again the ways of royalty. That's where studying comes in. It teaches us the ways of royalty. It teaches us how we're to live as sons and daughters of the Most High, God. It teaches us the promises of God that we can cling to, that we can hold to, that we can trust in. I want you to understand studying takes you so much farther than just listening to me preach to you tonight. It it empowers you to live like sons and daughters of the Most High God. It teaches you about the kingdom and its culture, and it helps to cultivate the character of Christ in our lives, church. But reading again isn't enough. Every one of these fingers that I've called them, the five methods, I call them the five fingers that really enable you to hold on to the Word of God and, and, and the things of God. But, but reading, like I said, all, alone isn't enough either. We've got to go even deeper. We've got to... We now have to study the Word of God. Like I said, you have, the, you have the hearing, you have the reading, and you have the studying the Word of God. Studying is the one that takes you even farther. Reading... Enlightens us. Studying changes us. Studying truly informs us and it allows us to become who God wants us to be. Finally, uh, tonight, which what I want to look at are the final two spiritual disciplines are the two final forms of scriptural intake, which I call scriptural M&Ms, which is memorizing and meditating. These are the two methods that actually put the first three uh, script methods of intake, to, in, in my opinion, to use in our life. It puts the Word of God to use in our life. These two methods of, of memorizing and meditating put the first three in motion. Memorizing and meditating put the the hearing of God's Word into motion, puts the reading of God's Word into motion, puts the studying of God's Word actually into motion motion in our lives. And I believe that that these two uh, methods of scriptural intake actually deepen our devotion to Jesus Christ, deepen our devotion to the Father, and I believe they make us more ready than we could be if we don't have them in our life. I'll tell you what I mean. Proverbs 22:17 says, "...pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips." Have everything that you have heard ready on your lips." Everything that you have read ready on your lips, everything that you have studied and dove into and opened up and delved into, have all of that that you have learned ready on your lips. It's exactly what the word of God says, ready to speak them when God asks you to speak them, ready to share them when you have an opportunity to share them. Ready to preach them whenever you have a platform. Uh, I've taught you before, you don't have to stand behind this pulpit to be a preacher of the gospel. Every single one of us are preachers of the gospel. You might be preaching in your car. You might find yourself preaching in the cafeteria. You might find yourself preaching down the road or in your next door neighbor's kitchen. I'm telling you, uh, memorizing and meditating on the Word of God make us ready to bring forth the Word of God in our life. Ready to sing them. In the face of the enemy. Ready to swing them in the face of the enemy. Ready, church, to pray them. Uh, when you're in a lion's den, ready to trust in them when you find yourself in a, in a fiery furnace, ready to use them and to loose them in your life so that you can find victory over every situation or circumstance that comes into your life. Everything you hear, everything you read, everything you study concerning the Word of God must be translated into memorizing those things and meditating on those things so you are ready, church. Instant, in season and out. Ready with the gospel of Jesus Christ upon your lips. This is what we have to understand and what we're going to learn tonight. Understand. It's what memorizing and meditating do. They make us ready, church. Like I said, they make us ready in season and out of season. It's a shame when we find ourselves in a place where God gives us a divine appointment to speak the Word of God into someone's life or over their situation or to encourage them through the Word of God. And guess what? We're not ready. Because we haven't memorized the Word of God, or because we haven't been meditating on the Word of God, because we've been thinking about junk all day long, and God gives us this divine appointment, and the soil of our soul's not been cultivated, or, 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 or stirred up by the Word of God, so we got nothing to come out, nothing to offer, no power flowing from our lips. You see, you and I, memorizing and meditating on the Word of God makes us ready. Makes us ready whenever we have to be ready. This is the most important part of our spiritual growth process of becoming like Jesus Christ. He was always ready. Always ready. Ready to speak whatever the Father bid Him to speak. Ready to do whatever the Father bid Him to do. Ready to go wherever God bid Him to go. And we must be ready also. But the reality is, if you don't get past hearing, and you don't get past reading and you don't get past studying the Word of God and begin to memorize the things of God, begin to memorize and meditate on the culture of the kingdom and the the, the Christ-likeness of the kingdom or the the character of the kingdom, guess what? You won't be ready. And you won't be used. God wants us to be ready to be used. And this is where the M&Ms or scriptural M&Ms come in, church, memorizing and meditating. We must be ready. But the truth is... Memorization and meditation are almost a forgotten concept in today's modern church. It seems like when it comes to memorizing Scripture, we leave it to our five-year-olds, and we leave it to our six-year-olds, and we leave it to the kindergarten class. And we should be ashamed of that, church. I know I am. I know there's times I'm ashamed of how little I know. I'm ashamed sometimes about how little I I, I got the Word of God ready on my lips. I'm ashamed sometimes of, of how, how empty I might be. I'm ashamed sometimes when my seven-year-old comes home from Christian school, and she can... Cr- Uh, Quote more the Word of God that day than I can. I'm ashamed sometimes of where I am, but I'm striving to be better. I'm striving to meditate. I'm striving to memorize. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Remember, Paul spoke to Timothy and he said, Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we don't memorize and we don't study, if we don't use these five methods of scriptural intake in our life, our whole life will be a moment of shame, church. Ashamed. I was speaking to somebody right before service came in, and I told him, if I look back at my life, at the moments where I, uh, of which I am most ashamed, those moments were not built upon the Word of God. Those moments that I am most ashamed of in my life were not built upon the Word of God. I might not have wanted to find myself in that situation, but all i got to do is look back and say, you know what, at that moment in my life, I didn't have a grasp of the Word of God. I might have had one of these five, but I I didn't have a fistful. And please understand me, if you want to defeat the enemy, beat the enemy, overcome the odds, v- find victory, you better have a hold of all five. You, you better have a fistful. It's the only thing. It, it, you think you're going to go around defeating the devil, just poking him with one finger? You better have a fistful. You better have a five-knuckle sandwich stored up in your heart so you can do some damage to the enemy. Otherwise, all you can do around. you, you go, go, go poking at him. If you want to beat them, you better have a fistful of the Word of God stored up in your heart, stored up in your mind, ready on your lips to do battle against the enemy. Otherwise, you and I are going to be overcome, church. And we have been called to be overcomers. We have to understand that, church. We really need to memorize. Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 19 says, Fix these words of mine. Fix them. Establish them. Concrete them. Cement them. Put them in place. Uh, I can't think of, of more words. Fix these words of mine, God says, in your hearts and in your minds. In your hearts and in your minds. They must be actively cemented and concrete in your mind and in your heart. Because when the devil comes your way, we can't afford to have the Word of God moved. Heaven and earth might pass away, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. And listen, if the Word of the Lord is not established in your life, if it's not established in your heart, it's not established in your mind, your heart's going to be tossed all about. Your mind's going to be tossed all about. You'll be the cuckoo on the cuckoo clock if you don't have the Word of God established in your heart. You understand what I'm saying, church? Fix these words in your hearts and in your minds. What what the Word of God is talking about is memorization and, and meditation. Fix these things in your heart. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, the Bible says. Talking about them when you sit down at home, when you walk along the way, when you rise up at night, and when you lay down in bed. He's talking about your lips again being ready to communicate the Word of God. And the culture of the kingdom, please listen to me, if you are not communicating the culture of the kingdom of God into your household, you're failing God and you're failing your family. If you are not, listen, we are bombarded... Uh, however many hours of the day, by the culture of this world. We sat down on Sunday and watched four and a half hours of a Super Bowl and were bombarded by the culture of this world. And we better begin to balance it in our households with the culture of the kingdom of God. And we can't do it without the Word of God. We can't do it without, without memorizing, studying, reading, hearing, getting into and meditating on the Word of God. That's how we win, church, with a fistful of what we need. Fix them, bind them, store them up, talk about them when you lie down and when you rise up. You know what this passage is saying? It's telling me that we should be consumed by the Word of God. We should be consumed with a fervor for the Father. We should be consumed with, a, with, a, with, a, with, with the thoughts of the kingdom. We should be consumed by the things of God and the culture of His kingdom. But the sad reality is so many of us are consumed by earthly things. Consumed by useless things and dead things. And this passage of Scripture is telling us that we need to be consumed by the Word of God. And it needs to be part of every part of our life, church. It's talking about memorization and meditation, like I said. It's talking about, listen, having his words on my lips. Not my words. It's talking about having the words of the king on my lips. It's talking about having the, the, his words occupying my mind. It's talking about having his words engraved upon my heart. That's what that passage says. Always be ready to have my words on your lips, Jeff. Always have my thoughts in your mind. Always have my words engraved upon your heart. Because if you don't, Jeff, you won't succeed. If you don't, you won't be a reflection of the kingdom. If you don't, things won't go well for you. We wonder so often why things don't go well for us, church. And it's always because we're not consumed by the kingdom. The Bible makes it very clear. Please understand me, God's not a man that He should lie. He's not the Son of Man that He would change His mind. When He speaks, He acts, when He, he fulfills what He says. And when He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness and all of these other things that you worry about will be added unto you. When He says it, He'll do it. If we would just be consumed by the kingdom, everything about our kingdom will be taken care of. If we would just concern ourselves with the kingdom of God, that's not to say you stand on the street and just let God do all the work for us. And and I'm not saying that. Uh, What I am saying is that as far as our mind, as far as our heart, as far as our life, as far as our thought process, everything about us should be consumed by the things of God. And that's what memorizing and meditation are all about, church. Allowing us to be consumed by the things of God, especially the Word of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I don't know if any of you know him, but he's an international evangelist. I watch him. He's a German gentleman. He's very good. But he was asked, Why do you meditate? He was asked by somebody, Why do you meditate? And and the individual that asked the question was waiting for some deep, you know, revelation, some deep, expanded response. And he simply said, Because I'm a Christian. Because I'm a Christian. Because I'm a Christian. I meditate on the things of God because I'm a child of God. I meditate on the Father because He is my Father. He made it very simple. Uh, Why do you meditate? Because I'm a Christian. You see, what what, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer was saying is uh, meditating is what every single believer should do. Meditating should be a part of every single one of our lives. Thinking on the Father, dwelling on the things of the kingdom, allowing the culture of the kingdom to completely consume us. It's what every single Christian should do. It should be part of our everyday life, church. It's critical and it's crucial to our spiritual well-being and to our pursuit of godliness, church. Our thoughts should be focused on the Father every moment of the day. That's not to say, like I said, that you can't, You can't think about other stuff like doing your business and taking care of your... I'm not saying that. But in the midst of all of that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In the midst of everything we do on this earth, our focus should stay on the Father. In the midst of everything that we are trying to do on this earth, we should still try to cultivate the character of Christ and the kingdom of God in our life. And if we don't, it won't go well for us. It's what the Bible says. Not me. It's what the Bible says. Please understand, it is uh, meditating... And memorization of the Word is critical, especially meditation that I'm speaking on now. It's critical to bringing forth the fruit of the kingdom in our lives. Meditating on the Word of God is crucial to bringing forth the fruit of the kingdom in our lives. David said in Psalm 1:1, you know, blessed is the man who doesn't do certain things. But then he says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on it both day and night. And the individual that meditates on my word day and night, God says, he shall be like the tree that is planted by the river's edge, whose roots go down deep, who bears fruit in the right season, and whose leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he shall prosper. And we wonder why we don't prosper. We wonder why our roots don't go down deep. We wonder why we're not blossoming when we should blossom. We wonder why our leaf withers and the flower fades. We wonder, church, why all of these things are happening in our life. And it's because we are not meditating on the Word of God. Because if we did, listen, it is a guaranteed promise. When you meditate on the Word of God, when you make the Father your focus, when you dive into the Word of God, when you try to cultivate the kingdom and the culture of God in your life, there is a promise that says you will be like a tree that is planted by the river's edge, your roots will go down deep. And when the wind blows against you, you won't move. You might bend, you might bow, you might you might shake your leaves, but you will not be moved because you will be planted by rivers of living water. Please understand, you won't be tossed about by every dorky wind of doctrine that comes your way. Thus saith this person, and thus saith that person. When When you meditate on the Word of God, and it cultivates itself in your life, you won't be moved by any goofy wind of doctrine that comes your way. You won't believe the lie, and you won't be moved. But I will promise you this. If you do not... Meditate on the Word of God. You will be moved. You will be influenced by every wind of doctrine. One day you'll find yourself over here. The next day you'll find yourself over here wondering how you got from there to here. One day you'll find yourself up high. The next day you'll find yourself under the devil's foot. Why? Because I haven't had a firm grasp on the Word of God. I hadn't been meditating on it. That's why I've been moved. We have to understand the power and the importance of meditating and, and, and memorizing the Word of God in our life. Listen, when I talk about memorization, I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. I mean meditating. When I, when I talk about meditating and God. God talks about meditating on my word and meditating on my statutes. He's not talking about sitting on the ground with your legs all crossed up funny. Hum, hum, hum. Waiting for every thought to to, to, to leave your mind for you to stand there empty. You see, when he's talking about meditating, he's talking about filling, not emptying. When he's talking about meditating, he's talking about filling your mind with the things of God. Filling your mind with the promises of God. Filling your mind with the power of God and the presence of God. I'm not talking about some goofy Eastern uh, meditation process where your mind becomes void and opened up to all sorts of evil spirits. That's what happens in transcendental meditation. Your mind gets so empty and blank that every foul spirit will come in and control your mind. And before you know it, you think you're believing the truth. And all you're doing is walking a lie. Listen. Listen. When you dwell on things above, when you think on things above where God is seated, you don't got to worry about other thoughts. When you put God in your mind, when you put His Word in your mind, when you meditate on those things both day and night, and they're always on your lips, your thoughts will all of a sudden be transformed your thoughts will all of a sudden be conformed. Your character will all of a sudden begin looking like Jesus Christ when you meditate on the word of God. So anything that tells you anything you know let your mind go empty. Let your mind listen. The Bible tells me that when you sweep out your when you sweep out your house And you don't fill it back up real quick with things of God. That devil that was there is going to come back with seven more, and your mind will be seven times worse than it was before. I don't want to walk around with no empty mind. I want to walk around with the mind of Christ. I want to walk around with the mind of the Father. I want to walk around with a mind that is filled with the Word of God, because when it's filled with the Word of God, it has authority over every unclean spirit that will ever come my way. And when I have those words memorized, the devil's got to run. When I got those words memorized and meditated and filled up and I got this fistful of the Word of God in my life, listen, something moves. Heaven moves on your behalf and hell moves out of your way. That's what happens when we understand this stuff, church. When I talk about meditating, I'm talking about, like I said, Colossians 3.2 that says, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. You see, the reality is, down here is where corruption takes place. When you got your mind on things down here, guess what? You're going to get a corrupt mind. When your mind is corrupt, your character becomes corrupt. And you don't look anything like Jesus and you're not a reflection of the culture of the kingdom. Uh, we're not supposed to set our mind on things below church, because down here is where, the, the crooked, or where where our path is made crooked. We're not supposed to set our mind on things down here, churches, it, because this is where our thoughts become filled with thorns. It's where our thoughts become filled with thistles and and, and we can't seem to get clarity in anything in our life. It's because weeds begin to grow up in our minds and in our thought process and 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 become overtaken with wild vines. And before you know it, our mind is a mess. It's why we're supposed to set our mind on things above, church, instead of on things below. Because when we set our thing our mind and thoughts on things below, it's when our thoughts begin to betray us. It's when our thoughts begin to deceive us. It's when our thoughts begin to destroy us. Listen, you and I can think ourselves into all sorts of hellish situations when they're not even real. You understand what I'm saying? I want you to understand the devil will try to sow thoughts of destruction into your life. And if you allow them to grow before you know it, you'll be destroyed as a man thinks. So he is. You have to understand that's why we're supposed to have our minds set on things above. Where God is, the Bible says. Where God is, the Bible says. Set your mind on things above, and guess what? You'll find yourself above your situation. You'll find yourself above your heartache. You'll find yourself above your sickness. You'll find yourself above your Goliath. You'll find yourself above the wall. You'll find yourself above all of those things that have set themselves against you when you set your mind on things above Guess why so many of us, even in the house of God, are not seated in heavenly places? It's because we've not set our mind on things above. Everything that comes out of, oh boy, we're, we're real ready to grumble and complain. Oh, we got those words of complaining and those words of grumbling. And we got that sad song and that sad story, boy, right there on the tip of our lip. And we just waiting to tell somebody about it. Oh, my day was bad. We're waiting for somebody to say, how are you? Just so you can be ready to tell them how awful your day was. And you know what? The words you speak are a reflection of the thoughts you think. So all that tells me, that person don't got their mind where their mind's supposed to be. The Bible tells me that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when someone speaks grumbling and complaining and defeat and destruction and all of that other stuff, it tells me what's in their heart. It tells me what's being cultivated in their mind. It tells me that they don't have a full grasp on the Word of God in their life. It tells me that they're thinking lower than they're supposed to be thinking. We have to understand who we are in the kingdom of God. We are the ones that we should be the ones that that world is telling stories about. I wish I could be like that. I wish I had what they had. I wish I could be part of that kingdom. I wish I had their blessings. I wish I had their their prosperity. I wish I had their power. I wish I had their peace. Well, well, listen to me. God's telling us how we have all that. All we got to do is do it. Apply it to our life, church. We have to have our minds set on things above. When I talk about meditating, I'm talking about Philippians 4.8 that says, Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are right. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are admirable. If there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things, the Bible says. You see, when you're going through hell, don't think about hell. Think about heaven. When you're going through the darkness, don't think about the darkness. Think about the light that's on the other side. When you're in the middle of a storm, don't think about the waves. Look, it's what sank Peter He thought about the winds. He thought about the waves. It's what caused him to think. Because he wasn't thinking about Jesus. Thinking about uh, eventually he didn't. He cried out for Jesus to help him. And the Bible says immediately, it's the power of your thought process, church. Think on these things, the Bible says. Because when you don't, things won't go well for us. At the very end of that, he says, think on these things and God will be with you. God will be with you. You see, listen. The easiest way I can tell you to, to, to feel like God's with you, think about God. It's that easy. Oh, I don't, I don't feel like God's around. Oh, I think God's forsaken me. Yeah. Hear what I'm saying? I think God doesn't love me. I think God has forsaken me. I think God is a million miles away. I think negative. I'm thinking low. I'm thinking low. Think in the middle of your storm. I think God's right beside me. When I'm in the middle of the valley, I think the Lord is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil because why thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Listen, that's what that's where memorization comes in. It's where meditation. When you're in the middle of the valley, you better stop meditating on Goliath. You better start meditating on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords like David did when he walked into the valley of Elah. Good Lord, if he would have been meditating on the giant and he would have been meditating on the obstacle, he would have never found victory uh, for the Israelites. And the Philistines would have won. Who do you think he was meditating on? And what do you think he spoke? He spoke the word of God. We need to do the very same thing. David said in Psalm 119.11, Thy word I have hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. He was saying, I have stored up your words in my heart. I have taught my heart your words, so I will not sin against you. I want us to understand that meditating and memorization keep us from corruption, church. They keep us from the evil things of this world. They widen the steps beneath our feet. They, they empower us to be like Christ. They, they lift us up into heavenly places. They put us in powerful situations. I want you to understand the power behind memorizing the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God. How do you think Jesus overcame the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life when the devil came and tempted him in the wilderness? Please understand in the wilderness, and I'm not going to teach this, Jesus was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Study it yourself, you'll find out. But what do you think Jesus did when the devil came against him in the wilderness? He spoke the word of God. Three times the devil came against him, and three times he said, As it is written. As it is written. Please understand what Jesus quoted. He quoted the words of the Father as it it is written. As it has already been recorded. As it has already been spoken. As it has already been promised. As it has already been etched in eternity. As it is written. Jesus didn't speak his own words. Even though he came in the form of God, he didn't count equality with God something to be grasped. He emptied himself. He made himself nothing. So therefore he had to speak the words of his Father just like you and I do. When you find yourself being tempted, you have to be in that place where you can say as it is written and speak to the devil what has been written. When you find yourself in an impossible situation, you need to speak the Word of God as it is written that all things are possible to those who believe and that with God all things are possible. You need to quote the Word of God, but listen, you can't quote it if you don't know it. You can't speak it if it's not hidden up. You can't think on it if it's not in your mind. You can't take out something you haven't put in. I've never been able to go to the bank and say, give me $10,000 if I don't got $10,000 in there. They'll say, I think you came to the wrong bank. You understand what I'm saying? Don't expect to get anything out of you that you haven't put inside of you. When you put the Word of God in you, you put the authority of God in you. When you put the Word of God in you, you put the healing of God in you. Please grasp what I'm saying. It's how important memorization is. It's why it shouldn't be relegated to our seven-year-olds. It should be part of every single one of our lives. When you find yourself sick, start memorizing healing Scriptures. When you find yourself afraid, find some encouraging Scriptures. Like God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. A sound mind that the devil can't mess with. Why? Because I've got the Word of God in there. Because I've got a full grasp of what it means to study and take in the Word of God. I know I'm running out of time, church, but please understand. Please understand. One of the main reasons so many of us are consumed by fear, consumed by depression, consumed by doubt, consumed by anger, consumed by jealousy, consumed by lust, consumed by greed. And I know people's lives, even Christians' lives, that are consumed by these things. Consumed by jealousy and envy. Wishing I had what they had. Consumed by fear. Of what this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Consumed by depression. Can't... Can't overcome, can't get a smile on their face, can't do anything. Listen to me, church. I know there's physical reasons for a lot of those things, but I still believe that there is a healer and a power that can overcome every single one of those. And I believe with all of my heart, I believe with the bottom of my soul, that if we get enough of the Word of God in our life, if we get enough of the Word of God in our heart and in our mind, and we begin to memorize it, and we begin to meditate on it, our life will be transformed transformed, church. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which comes through the reading and the washing of the Word of God, the Bible tells me. You see, the reality is some of our minds need to be washed clean with the Word of God. We've been saved for five years. Ten years, two years, but we still got some dirty thoughts up here. I'm not saying perverted thoughts. I'm saying corrupt thoughts, dirty thoughts, lower thoughts, uh, 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 non-powerful thoughts, lifeless thoughts that are going through our mind. And they need to be quickened by the Spirit of God through the Word of God in our life. If you want to be an overcomer... If you want to have victory in your life, memorize and meditate on the Word of God. The truth is, like I said, if we don't know how to speak the Word of God, listen, we don't know how to speak in authority. If you don't know how to speak this, you don't know how to talk with authority. You'll beg the devil to get away. You'll beg the devil to leave it alone. You'll beg the darkness to to turn into light. You'll be a beggar. But please understand me, when you understand the Word of God, when you've got a firm grasp on the Word of God, when you memorize it, meditate on it, and begin to use it in your life, you will be an overcomer. Please understand, this is the only word that has authority over your situation. This is the only word that has authority over your situation. Only word that has authority over your Goliath... Only word that has authority over your darkness. Only word that has authority over your sickness. Only word that has an authority over your mind, over your your fear, over all of those. They're all spirits. And it's the only word that has authority. Your word don't have no authority. My word don't have authority. I, I command you devil in the name of Jeff to be gone. You think he's going to move anywhere? The devil will just sit there and say, you know what? I haven't heard the word of God yet. I haven't heard the voice of authority yet. He might be shouting. He might be blue in the face, red in the face, veins might be popping all around. Woo! He's really shouting it up. But listen, unless the devil hears the voice and the word of authority, he will not move. He won't move. This is the only word of authority that there is. I am not my words don't have authority. Your words don't have authority. I'm talking about devil, kingdom, darkness stuff. Barack Obama's words don't have authority. Ron Paul's words don't have authority. Michelle Bachman's words don't have authority. No world leader's words have authority unless they are filled with the word of God. It's the only authority there is. You cannot overcome the enemy unless you speak the word of authority, church. Listen, when there is a king in a kingdom... No one has to listen to the peasant. No one has to listen to the the, the court jester. No one has to, but they have to listen to the word of the king. And when one of their peasants, when one of, it doesn't matter who it is, you could take the court jester and put the king's ring on that court jester and send them across the land to speak to another king. And guess what? That king has to listen. Why? Because he is coming under the authority and the word of the king. And he's represented through the ring that he has. If you want to move kingdoms, church, you better learn the word of God. If you want to to overcome addictions, if you want to overcome fear, if you want to overcome lust, if you want to overcome pornography, the only way, only way you will do that is under the authority of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't care how much you beat yourself, whip yourself, uh, you know, condemn yourself. None of that's going to work. You have to come in the authority of the Word of God. And you do that by meditating and memorizing at church. I'm going to close with this. The way we overcome, like I said, is by having the Word of God ready on our lips. It should ever be on our mind. We need to meditate on it, memorize it, so that we can use it against the enemy and sow it into other people's lives as well. And here's the story I want to tell. Captain James E. Ray of the United States Air Force, I'm going to read this, learned how, just how important memorization and meditation of Scripture was. When he was a prisoner of war in Vietnam in the infamous Hanoi, Hilton, and other prison camps that he was moved to. In his memoir, The Secrets of Our Survival, Captain Ray recounts a conversation he had with the prisoner in the cell next to him, who one day asked, while locked away in complete darkness, do you know any Bible verses whispering it through the wall? Well, I know the Lord's Prayer, he says. He's speaking in, in, in his, his tent's. Well, I know the Lord's Prayer, I answered. Well, everyone knows that, the man in the other cell said. How about the 23rd Psalm? Do you know that? Only a little, I replied, and I began whispering it through the wall. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he would repeat each line after me. A little later, he whispered the entire Psalm back to me. Other prisoners joined in, sharing verses they knew and had memorized. Through these contacts of... "...fellowship began to grow among us. I didn't feel so alone anymore. Our common denominators were the Word of God, the Bible, and Jesus Christ. And we were able to share and write down a great deal of Scripture. For by now it had become vital to our daily existence. It truly became our daily bread. Often racked with dysentery, weakened by the diet of rice and thin cabbage and pumpkin soup, our physical bodies had shrunk within the prison walls." We spent 20 hours a day locked away in our cells, usually in darkness. And those Bible verses became rays of light and a constant constant assurance of his love and care for us all. Since the guards forbade communication between prisoners, we found creative ways of sharing these verses with each other. The urge to share these verses with others developed inventiveness. One night I lay with my ear pressed against the rough wooden wall of my cell to hear thump. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump. As someone on the wall sells away, a fellow POW tapped out in Mars code. I will lift up my eyes into the hills. From whence cometh my help? He tapped out his name, Russ Tamperly, and passed on the other seven verses to that psalm which he knew. I scratched them on the concrete floor of my cell with a piece of broken tile help, my help cometh from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. The Psalm assured us. And with that assurance came his presence, soothing us, telling us to fear not from that. We learned a most important lesson. And this is the crux of the whole story. Bible verses on a piece of paper aren't one iota as useful as scripture burned into your mind and heart where you can draw on them for guidance and comfort in your time of need. Words that are always ready. By the end of several months, Captain Ray and his fellow prisoners were able to memorize collectively the entire Sermon on the Mount, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 13, and many of the Psalms and Proverbs. Now we had our own living Bible walking around the room. And I share that because that is the importance of memorizing and meditating on the Word of God. Because you never know when you're going to need it. And you never know when someone else will need you to speak it. You never know when you have to have them ready on your lips for your own soul and your own edification. And you don't know when the person next to you needs you to be ready to speak the word of God. I'm ending with this. If you always want to be ready, I want you to stand to your feet. If you want to be that individual that says, God, I want to be ready. I want your words to be ever ready on my lips. Because listen to me, church, the Bible says, Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. And in the midst of that trouble, there's one thing that will see you through, and it's the Word of God. That's why we have to have it here. It's why we have to have it here. It's why we have to hear it. It's why we have to read it. It's why we have to study it. It's why we have to memorize it. And it's why we have to meditate on it. Because this is the only way you're going to beat the enemy. With a fistful of the word of God. So make that your prayer tonight. God, I'm a candidate. I want to be ready. You know as well as I do the areas of your life like I know in mine where I've not been ready. So just offer that to the Lord that we would be ready. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. God, I thank you for this series, Lord, on the scriptural intake of of your word, God. This isn't the word of man. This is your word. It's the word of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's the only word, Father God, that we can put in our mind, put in our heart, allow access to our lives that has authority over everything that would ever come against us, God. I'm praying that we would learn to hear it. You would give us ears to hear every time, Father God, your word is spoken into our lives. Let us never have a stubborn heart. Let us never refuse to receive it. Let us always hear it and hear it with gladness. And I pray, God, that we would not just be hearers, but that we would be doers as well. That we would do something with what we hear, Father. I pray that you would take us deeper into your word through reading. Give us the daily practice, Father God, of reading your word. Because your word is the daily bread that makes us spiritually fit, Father. It's the daily bread that gives us strength. It's the daily bread that nourishes our soul. It's the daily bread that that helps us to persevere and continue on. Help us to be students of your word, I pray. Father, that when we don't understand something, that we wouldn't just pass it by and miss that treasure, miss that pearl of great price, but that we would do whatever we have to, God, especially depending on the work of your Holy Spirit to help us to be students of your word that doesn't have to be ashamed, Father God, when we look back at our life and find areas of our life that have not been built upon your word and your revelation. So teach us to be students. I also pray, God, that you would give us a mind that is able to memorize your word. This is one area, God, where we do need your help. I pray that you would touch every mind in this house, Father God, tonight, that it would be able to memorize your word. Give us creative ways, Father God, to store up your word in our mind, to store it up in our heart, so that when we find ourselves in a wilderness situation, when we find ourselves tempted by the devil, when we find the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life pressing in, we can open our mouths and our lips which are readied with your word and say, as it is written, and speak the word of God. Beyond that, I pray, God, that we would be meditators on your Word, that our minds would never be empty and void, but they would always be filled with your Word, with your promises. I pray, Father, that we would always have our minds set on things above where you are, God, so that we might be there also. Because when we meditate on you, we're lifted towards you, Father God. The Bible says that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us, so let us draw near in our thoughts, God. Let us draw near in in singing your word or quoting your word or reading your word out loud, meditating on it, chewing it over and over and over, God, in our lives. Help us to be, Father God, those individuals that consume your word and cling to your word so that we can be overcomers. My prayer, God, is that we would always be ready That we would be in season and out, equipped, Father God, through the word of the King. That we might live like children of the King and have influence over the kingdom of darkness. That's my prayer, God, and I pray that this series would be sealed in our hearts. So that we could draw from it, God, on our days of dryness. That we could draw from it, Father God, in our days of darkness. That we could draw from it, Father God, when the well seems to be empty, God. Let us draw from these things. Let us be that tree that is firmly planted, God, by rivers of living water. That we might bear fruit in season, God. That our leaf would never wither and that we might prosper in all that we do. So prosper your people as we devote ourselves to your word. In Christ's name we pray and all of God's people said. Amen. Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church? Amen. My challenge to you is to go be a student of God's Word and hold on to all five methods in Jesus' name. If you have a special need, be happy to tarry with you. Otherwise, God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. Reminder, if you think your kids are missing some items or Bible, please uh, visit the Youth uh, Commons. God bless you.